How many of y'all are glad he's God and there is none other? I want to I say a word. While you're turning to Joshua chapter number 1, just remain standing and turn to Joshua chapter number 1. I, I, need, to, I need to share just a, just a moment. Uh, we have, we, we're, we're a little different. We're, we're an old-fashioned church. Uh, uh, we're, we're conservative. We, we, are, we are, in my opinion, we're still old-fashioned as we ever was. Uh, we've made some adjustments to be able to keep reaching people. And with those adjustments, it's, it's been a little weird for me as far as timing. We have three services, and, and we have to get one finished to get another one started, and then after that one to get another one started. And really, this, this service here is the one that's most affected because uh, uh, if, 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 if the, other, the first one goes a little long, uh, then, then it takes, we have the shortest amount of time to get y'all in here. We got a 15-minute uh, time span. And in the first service this morning, we went over 12 minutes. And, uh, and so y'all had three minutes to get in here, amen? And for the choir and everybody, and I get all that. But let me say this, just so you understand something. If God is moving, he, it just is what it is. Now, we need to be understanding to understand that, that I, I, made a, I made a choice in my life and a, and a decision when we first started all this stuff that I'm not putting the Holy Ghost on a timetable. Now, we're going to try to keep everything in a time where we can do it in, 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 a, in a way that we need to do it and all that kind of stuff. But if God is moving, uh, I tell you what, I'm, I'm the type of person, if God's moving in something, I don't want to get in his way. Amen. And the Lord was moving in the first service, and 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 I, I'm glad I go to a church where God does move still. Amen. And uh, how many of y'all are willing to to make adjustments and not get an attitude and not get upset if you have to wait just a little bit to get in the building? Amen. I'm glad you feel that way. Amen. That is great. If we keep that attitude, then God's going to bless it. God's going to honor it, and God will let us keep reaching people for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. We are, we are starting our series on Courageous this morning. And uh, if you see people with a green shirt on, that's very strategic. Everybody that has a green shirt on is a host, a host for the, the small groups. And if you're an adult and you don't have one yet, please seek one of these guys out, one of these ladies out. We have several groups we would love for you to be a part of. And, and, and we're going to be preaching. And then y'all are going to talk about it later on during the week in whatever group you're in. And I'm telling you, you'll meet some of the best friends you'll ever have in your life. And you'll have some of the sweetest fellowship you'll ever have in your life. And God will make you stronger and help you build into a great Christian. Say amen right there. All right, Joshua 1, verse 1. Have you found your spot yet? It says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, and all this people unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, and that, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness in this Lebanon, even into the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, under the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. Now there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. Say amen. I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. 
Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong. Here it is the third time. Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. And in verse 10, Then Joshua commanded. Then Joshua commanded. Every other time and every other situation, Moses was in charge. Moses was given the command. But Joshua is now the leader And he takes initiative, and now he gives the command. Father, thank you for your your mercy and your grace today. Thank you for your blessings. Lord, help us to to learn something that's going to make us stronger Christians, stronger families, stronger men and women for the gospel of Christ, stronger families. I pray that your will be done today. And Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen, you may be seated. If you're a, if you're a first-timer here today, we are so glad to have you. And if you filled out one of those prayer cards, we want to go ahead and take them up. If you, if you filled out one of those prayer cards, could you hold it up real high? Just hold it up and wave it at us. We're going to run like the wind to get it. I think we've got some in the middle, some on this side here. Church, let's give God praise and glory for all our first-timers. Amen? Isn't that great? Amen. Now, now we, we are talking and focusing uh, primarily on the men. So, men, you're on the hot seat today, all right? Uh, uh, you're you're kind of uh, really in the, in the line of fire, but that is not excluding ladies and not excluding everybody because the principles that we're going to learn today, really everybody's included. Everybody has a responsibility, so nobody can check out and go to sleep. Say amen, ladies. All right, so help me with that. We, we are going to focus on the home for the next four weeks, and there's some things I want to share with you out of this chapter. As we see the life of Joshua and what God called him to do, it really pertains to the leaders in the home and what God wants us to do. Three times he tells him to be strong and very courageous, very courageous. I, I looked up the, the, the Webster's Dictionary uh, and, and found the word courage, and it means mental or moral strength to venture, persevere, withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. One person put it this way, gave the description of courage by saying, courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the judgment that something else is more important than fear. In other words, you can do a very courageous thing and be scared to death the whole time you're doing it. Are y'all with me? Uh, courage is not the absence of fear. It's realizing that what it is that you're doing and what it is that, that's there is more important than your fear. Say amen. There, 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 there are women who have who fought off wild animals because they was attacking one of their children and they would be willing to die and give their life because what was there was more important than what they were dealing with in their own life. Or their, they, they counted the life of their child more important and dear than their own life courage courage is so important in this message today uh two two first two points we're going to talk about the reason that courage is so important the reason that we need courage in our homes and we need courage in our families and then the last point i have found out this that a lot of preaching a lot of preaching and a lot of the bible is easy to preach but it's hard to live would y'all agree with that 
It's easy to come in and hear it. It's easy to come in here and say it. It's easy to come here and teach it and say amen to it. But going out there and putting it to use, it's a lot more difficult. But God's going to give us some help. In that last point, he's going to tell us how we can do this, all right? So two reasons why we need courage in our homes and our families. Uh, there's no doubt that Satan is attacking. How many of y'all had a rough week this week? Anybody have? I had the week from Hades this week. I'm telling you, it just seemed like if it could go wrong, it went wrong. And, 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 and there was a black cloud following me everywhere I go. And, 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 I, and it just dawned on me, Satan does not want our families helped. He doesn't want our families encouraged. He doesn't want our families strengthened because it, the family is the foundation of everything else. It's the foundation of the home. It's the foundation of the church. It's the foundation of the community and the foundation of our country. And if we start changing the DNA and changing the fabric of the home and strengthening the home, he's in trouble. Say amen. So he's going to fight. So don't let anything discourage you this week. Don't let anything detour you from focusing on this series the next three or four weeks because I'm telling you, he's going to throw everything he has at you. But realize when it comes, it's him doing it. And realize that the devil's a liar and just tell him go back to hell. Say amen. That's the only time it's legal. Amen. Only time. Now watch this. Number one, why, why is courage so important? Why would God tell Joshua three times? Even Moses encouraged him in Deuteronomy when he was giving him a last charge and a, a kind of a last-minute encouragement. He told him to be very courageous. You're going to need courage to do what you're doing because, number one, write this down, especially men. Men, y'all stay with me now. This is really important. Uh, men are dropping the ball in America today. Most churches, it's three to one ladies to men in the church. Ladies are trying to assume the responsibility of spiritual leadership in the home, and it wasn't theirs. It was supposed to be the man. Men need to learn to be men. And most of the problem is, is that the illustration they had growing up was not what it's supposed to be. So let's stop the cycle. Let's learn to be what God wants us to be. Amen, men? All right, number one, we have a role to fulfill. Joshua was taken on a role that was going to require courage. He was taken on a role that he didn't have before. He was taken on a role that, 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 that was, it was new to him before he was the second in command. Now God is saying, now Joshua, you're in charge. Now Joshua, you are the leader. My servant Moses is dead. Now you are the man. It's amazing to me how different that the second in command and the one in command is. Now, to the one in second in command, he don't think there's that much difference from being second in command and being in command. He thinks there's nothing to it. But it's a whole lot different when the buck stops at your desk. It's a whole lot different when you can't turn to nobody else. If the problem gets too big for the second in command, he can always refer it to the one in command. If the issue is too much for the one who is second in command, he can always give it to his captain or give it to his authority. But when the buck stops here, it changes everything. And he said, you're going to need courage for the role that you fulfill. There's two roles. Listen, men, every one of y'all have in here. Every man in here has two roles. You have the role, number one, of leader. You have the role of leader. A leader takes initiative. A leader takes it. Did you realize the last sentence that I read in, in, our, in our text? 
It says when God got through issuing his command to Joshua, Joshua turned around to the elders of Israel, and it says then Joshua commanded. He he didn't wait for permission. He didn't go ask what they thought about the deal. He stood up. He was the man. He was the leader. He took initiative, and he led. Say amen. Initiative is so important. It is so important. I remember... (laughs) I remember my first experience that I can remember with the word initiative. My, my first run-in with that word. I, I was, I was, when I grew up in, in our report cards in school, I, I had to go to Christian school when I was a little kid. And, and, and we had report cards that, that had uh, on one column, it had the academic, uh, academic uh, report and, and academic record there. And on, there was another column over here that was a behavioral column. Did any of y'all have that behavior column? When y'all was going to school, raise your hand. Behavior column? Now, now here's the deal: how you behave, what you did, and all that kind of stuff. Now, if you if you got if you did bad in the academic, you you got in trouble. I mean, it was not good, and you need to do that. But if you ever got a check in the behavior column, you could kiss it goodbye. Are y'all with me? There was dad had no tolerance. He had no patience for behavioral problems. And I'm telling you, you might as well sign. You might as well sign, seal, and deliver because you're done. Well, I got mine, and, and it has, you know, it, it had good behavior and bad behavior, but I didn't realize that at the time. And it said, uh, Malcolm shows initiative, and check that box. Well, when I looked at it, I didn't read it right. I thought it said shows he was inattentive. In other words, he wasn't paying attention. And I looked at that, I said, there's no way. This woman's crazy. She has just killed me. All the way home, my stomach was, I mean, I, was, I needed some Pepto and Mela. I said, oh, God, what am I going to do when I get home? They're going to kill me when they see this. I don't know what that woman's thinking. I thought she, and when I got home, I said, I said, now, Mom, before you read this report, I want you to understand right now, before you even read this, that woman has never liked me. That woman's crazy. She's certified. She don't know what she's talking about, and I don't care what she put on that thing. She's lying. She read it. She says, what are you talking about? I said, that woman says I'm inattentive and I'm not paying attention. She read it. She said, you big dummy. This says shows initiative. That means you, you do things before you're asking. You, no, you, nobody has to wait. You just step up and do what you're supposed to do. I said, that's a good woman. I love her, amen. Men, your wife shouldn't have to ask you if you're going to church this morning. They shouldn't have to ask you to get out of bed and go to work. A leader takes initiative. And you are the spiritual head in your home and the spiritual leader in your home. Don't wait for your wife or the other to have to do it. You're the man. God's going to hold you accountable. Joshua never went through the crowd and took a poll or took a vote. He said, this is what God said and this is what we're going to do. I know we're living in 2012. I know this is not politically correct. I know this is not what the culture is doing. But let me tell you something. There's 50% divorce in the culture, in the community, and it's creeping in the church. It's time the church stand up and go back to the Bible and do what the Bible says. Be a leader. A leader doesn't take a poll. A leader doesn't take a vote. Somebody's got to lead. He said, you're in charge now. You're the leader. Now, every, every man, you know, we kind of swell up with that, and, 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 and just about every man's got memorized in the Bible that, that submissive verse. 
Ain't it, ladies? Ain't it? You are to submit to me. The Bible says, woman, wives, submit to your own husband. Submit, submit, submit. You know, we throw that verse around, and we, we you know, we, we, we like that. And, and I, but I've got news for you. I've got news for you. You need to read the whole Bible before you start quoting to your wife in the midst of a discussion. Because, see, you're not, you don't only have a role of a leader. God showed me in this chapter we also have a role as a follower. Watch this. We jump up and down. We love, we love this verse, Ephesians 5, 23. For the husband is the head of the wife. Say amen, men. Y'all cowards, y'all chicken. <laughs> amen. But watch this. Watch what 1 Corinthians eleven three 3 says. But I would have you know. I like how he worded that. But I'd have you know. That the head of every man is Christ. Yes. Yes. A wife should submit and follow her husband. He is the head. He is the leader. But as she is following him, he's not just coming up with his own plans and his own direction. Let me see what I want to do. The Bible says, as you are the head of the wife and you are to lead your family, then Christ is the head of the husband. Ladies, y'all miss a good time to get your shout in right there. You're, listen, we're, we're, we're not just to have our own plan and our own desires for our, our wives. We're to follow Christ and lead our wives and our children and our families as we're following Christ. You know why families are disintegrating today in America? Is because men are trying to lead their families all by themselves without following Christ. The most miserable person in the world is the one who has the responsibility of leading and he don't know where he's going. He has no vision. He has no direction. He has nothing out there in front of him. Has no clue about life. Has no plan. A great friend, a great friend of mine has always taught me you need a game plan. You always need a game plan. And if you don't have a game plan, you say, where do we get that game plan? Jesus Christ. Because right after, right after God told Joshua that you're going to have these people and you're going to lead them into the promised land, then he told them about the law that Moses gave him. He said, don't turn from it from the right or to the left. You In other words, you just follow me and they'll follow you. And we get upset at our wives, we get upset at our family because they're not following us. And most of the time, it's because we're not following Christ. We want them to submit to our authority. We want them to submit to our leadership and we get frustrated because God wired us to lead. But many are not leading. Our culture and our society has messed things so up so bad that a lot of times ladies are assuming the role of men in the home and everything's chaotic. The men ain't leading. The women ain't letting them. Because it's hard to follow somebody who don't know where they're going. Amen. One of the most miserable times of my life is when I was at, I was at Long Branch at the church I pastored before I came here and and God had told me that that he that I was done 
you know, his, the calling from me at that place was done, and, and I was just trying to stay on to help them till they found somebody. And I found out that as long as I was there, they wouldn't look for nobody. And I was preaching and preaching, and, 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 and man, we bad, five, baptized five people the last service we were there. And, 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 it, and it was full. The spirit was good. Everything was going great. And, I mean, for every reason, I should have been tickled to death. But I was miserable as can be. You know why? I had no vision. God had taken the vision away for that church. And I was trying to drive and didn't know where I was going. Men, you can't lead your family somewhere you don't know where you're going. And if you try to come up with a map for yourself, you're going to end up in the ditch. Our families are to follow us as we follow Christ. And we love that submissive verse, but guess what? Yeah, they're to submit to you. But according to the Bible, we're to love them as Christ loved the church. We're to give our life for them. Our, their life is more important than our life. Their needs are more important than our needs. That, are y'all with me? Come on, men. Come on, come on. Men, we got to step up. you got to be courageous because you have a role of leader. you got to take the initiative. And, and, and step up and be what God wants you to be. Not only the role of leader, but role of follower. Say that with me. Role of, come on everybody, say it with me. Role of follower. As we are leading our families, we are following Christ. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing how pinpoint, accurate, biblical, everything I'm saying is, but how foreign it is to our ears? It is so quiet in here. Everything I've said come right out of that book. But our culture is so crazy and mixed up and turned upside down that we've come out of spending six days out of there and come one day and hear the word of God. And it's like, huh? And it's like I'm speaking a foreign language. And we wonder why 50% divorce in the home. How many of y'all have ever gone into a black room you can't see nothing. And if you just sit there a while, your eyes get what? They get used to the dark. You know what we've done in America, in the church, church Christians? We've been out there in that mess so long, that's normal, and this is abnormal. That's why we're struggling. That's when I say you need to be a man and man up and be the spiritual leader in your home. You're like, whoa. Because that's not normal out there. Well, I think it's time to be abnormal. Amen, men? We have a role to fulfill. Number two, we have a responsibility to face. We have a responsibility to face. This is really important, guys. You've got to get this. The first thing that God told Joshua, he said, now Joshua, this is the deal. This is what you're going to do. You're going to have to be strong. You're going to have to be courageous. It's because I've got a plan for Israel. I've got a destiny for them. I have promised them a land that flows with milk and honey. I've promised them houses they didn't build. I promised them vineyards they didn't plant. I promised them wells they didn't dig. I've got great plans for Israel. Now, I need you to help them go in and get what I have planned for them. Does that make sense? It says it. Let me read it. Let me read it. 
The Bible says this. He said in verse number uh, 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Now it says this, verse 6, Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Now what am I getting? I- I'm saying this. We have a responsibility to help our families reach what God has planned for them. Help our families receive the plan of God for their life. Watch this. This is a great verse in the Bible. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts or the plans that I have that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end or future. In other words, God says, I got great plans for you. I've got a great future for you. I've got, a, I've got a will for you that's incredible. I've got a great design for your life. And guess what, men? It is our responsibility to help our families find and reach the will of God for their lives. You know the scariest moment I've ever had? Ever, ever, ever in my life. And I've had some doozies. I remember coming home. Jordan was about this big, not just a couple weeks, maybe maybe even days after she was born. I'd go to work. I worked at the golf course, and I'd go to work. Man, I couldn't wait to get home. I mean, it just, just I think about it all day. Couldn't wait to get home and, 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 and grab her and hold her and play with her and just, you know, doing the baby thing, nibbling on her earlobe. And she has an attitude now when I do that. I don't know what her problem is. But I was sitting there holding her. And it was like God just sat down beside me and said, Son, you know what? She's going to heaven or hell. And just the thought of this baby who's completely, totally innocent that I brought into the world had the possibility of going to hell scared me to death. And I sat there and almost had tears in my eyes, and I, I got afraid. And it was like the, the Holy Spirit just said, okay. Now what are you going to do to make sure she goes to heaven? Now I can't live, I can't live her life for her. I can't get saved for her. I can't even save her. But what am I doing to influence her for Christ to make sure she goes to heaven? You see, because it's my responsibility to help my family. God's got a plan for my wife. God's got a plan for my girls. God's got a plan for my family. And it is my responsibility as the head of the home. It's my responsibility as a leader to help them receive what God has got planned for their life. You see, you, you may want your child to be a baseball player. God may want them to be a missionary. You may be trying to get your kid to be a doctor or a lawyer, and God may want them to be a preacher or a teacher or a servant in a foreign field. Are we trying to live our lives over again through our children? Are we going to rob them of the will of God for their life? Or every day of our life, are we helping them to find and help them receive the will of God for their life? 
How many of y'all know the will of God is the happiest place you'll ever be? The will of God is the most successful place you'll be. The will of God is the most protected place you'll be. And many of us parents are striving so hard for our kid to be what we want them to be and not what God wants them to be. It is our responsibility to help our family receive what God has got planned for their life. Now do you understand why God said be strong and very courageous. Amen? Not only is it our responsibility to help them receive God's will for their life, it's our responsibility to constantly remind them of who God is. Moses told Joshua right before Moses died, this is what Moses told Joshua in Deuteronomy 31, 11, When all of Israel has come to appear before the Lord thy God in the place where uh, he shall choose, thou shalt read this law before all of Israel in their hearing. Why? He says, Gather the people together, men, women, children, and the stranger that is within thy gates, that they may hear, that they may learn and fear the Lord your God, and observe to do all the words of this law, that their children, which have not known anything, may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as ye live in the land, whether ye go over Jordan to possess it. Every day we're to remind them who God is. Every day we're to remind them what God has done for them. Every day we need to remind them that there's a God in heaven who loves them and wants to be their Savior. But there is also a God in heaven who is the same God. He's either going to be your Savior or your judge. And it's our responsibility to remind them. Now, I ain't going to lie to you. That's heavy. Jeremiah, when I think about our task and I think about what our responsibility is, I get weak in the knees. I think, oh God, how are we going to do that? I'm having a hard enough problem keeping myself straight. Do I have a witness with any man in here? How are we going to be what we're supposed to be? So, see, God knew that. Aren't you glad God knows who we are? He knows we're rough. Men, he knows we have issues. He knows we have weaknesses. He knows we have areas where we, we, we need extra help. And this is what he said. Now, Joshua, when you go in to do your thing, I got a promise for you. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with thee. You see, there are reinforcements that we find. I know the job is difficult. I know the task is hard. But there are reinforcements that will help us be courageous. What will help us be courageous? To know the presence of God will be with us every step of the way. Say amen. I had a good friend of mine call me last week, last Wednesday. I was in bed, snuggling, warm, almost asleep. My phone rang. About 12.30. I looked over that and it was a coon hunting buddy. About, I'm not sure how old Wayne is, 70 something. He's an older gentleman. I got the phone. I said, hello, Malcolm? I said, yep. You awake? I am now. 
He said, I need you to come find me. I'm lost. I thought, all right, call me in the morning. No, I didn't. I said, all right, let me, let me get my shoes on, my breeches. And I got in my truck, and I was, my plan was to pull up, roll down the window, and say, hey, and, and holler him out. So when I got there through the woods, I, I called him. I said, all right, Wayne, I'm going to beep the horn. He'll kind of give you your bearings. You'll know where to go. I said, now listen good for the horn. Did you hear that? He said, nope. I said, all right, let me get my, let me get my light on, and, and I'll, I'll come find you. So I looked in the back of my, my I thought I had my light. Uh, I used coon hunting in the back seat, and it wasn't there. Well, the dirt road that goes around the woods where he's at, it, you can't get a truck on it because it's washed out and all that, so you got to walk. I said, I don't need no light. I don't need no light. I just walk. I know where the road is. So... Because I, I could see the road because my truck lights was on, so I shut the truck off. When the truck lights went off, I looked up. I couldn't see this. I said, I don't reckon I'm going down that road. Amen. Now, I'm not afraid of the dark. I'm afraid of the boogers in the dark. You know, if Johnny or Kendrick or somebody said, come on, preacher, I'll go with you. You know what? That wouldn't have been near as bad, would it? It's amazing how having somebody with you has a way of just giving you some courage. How many of y'all have had to go do something very difficult or something fearful? Somebody said, hey, I'll go with you. Maybe it's to confront somebody or do something. Isn't it somehow somebody's presence just gives you courage? Well, how about the one who spoke the world into existence? He said he'd be with you. When you came to a fearful situation in your leadership, he said, I'll be with thee. Every step of the way. I will not leave thee. I will not forsake thee. Somebody say amen. Lastly, he not only gave us his presence, but then we see his presence is assured and his power is available. You see, the second thing he told him said, look, I'm going to give you the word. I'm going to give you the law, the scriptures. He said, don't turn to the left or don't turn to the right. As long as you follow it, you will find your way successful. You will find prosperity and success. Do you realize in your King James Bible, I looked this up, the word powerful is found three times. One of the times is the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Three times it's found in your King James Bible, and all three times it has to do with the voice of God or the Word of God. Preacher, what am I saying? I'm saying this. There's something about knowledge that gives courage. You know why we're scared to try stuff? We don't know what we're doing. But you know if we know what we're doing, we're not scared to try it. I told y'all before I got to that garage where Dorgan was working and he had, a, he had a motor outside of that vehicle that had 7 trillion parts. And I'm just looking at it and it's making me nauseated. He wasn't shy a bit. He didn't back up an ounce. He just dove in that thing, put it together that afternoon. You know why? He had knowledge. He knew what he
he was doing. When you know what you're doing, you're not afraid. You know why so many fathers are failing and so many men are having problems? is because they're ignorant of God's word. Every problem that we face, every difficulty that we find, guess what? There's a fix and there is an answer in the word of God. And if we know the book, we won't be afraid. Somebody say amen. Got two words for every man in here. Two words. It's time to man up and be the leader. I don't know all the Bible. We'll start coming to Bible study. You have no excuse. No excuse. We have a Bible study every Wednesday night, this detailed verse by verse. That is, I'm, it is getting more exciting and more exciting every week. And if you sit home and sit on your recliner and watch TV and you ignore the Word of God when you have an opportunity to get it, don't come whining when you got a problem. Now, people that work, I get that, I understand that. But if we neglect an opportunity to get stronger in our faith, it would be foolish not to take it. You know why? Because I found out this. The responsibility that I'm carrying to help my family receive the will of God for their life is so great. It is so great that I need all the help I can get. Do I have an amen, men? I mean, honestly, if you come and learn the Bible and it strengthens you and helps you be a better father, tell me one thing that's more important than that. Just one, any, anything. Is there anything more important than you being the best father you can be? Or mother, or husband, or wife. The more and the better we know this book, the better we're going to be at being the leader God called us to be. Because until we learn to follow this book, we can't lead our family. Let's give God praise and glory.